Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fin side. Thank you, Solo D. Welcome to another episode of On the Fin Side here with Kat and Paul. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. I'm Brian Cat NFL, and Paul is fanatic underscore pick on Twitter. The Dolphins returned from their bye week this week with a new starting quarterback to face the L.A. Rams at Hard Rock Stadium. The Rams are four-point favorites. Coming off a 24-10 Monday night football win against the Bears. To talk through this game, we have a very special guest. He is a Dillard School graduate, Super Bowl champion, fifth all-time in receiving yards, and the recipient of Ryan Fitzpatrick's first NFL touchdown, Isaac Bruce. Isaac, thanks for joining us here on the Fin Side. Hey, Brian. Thanks for having me on the show, man. And just one small correction. I think I was the second Ryan Fitzpatrick touchdown, Torrey Holt being the first uh, that uh, fateful day in Houston. <laughs> but uh, Ryan's a great quarterback nonetheless. Man, I should do my research more on that. Uh, <laughs> any, uh, any, I know Fitzpatrick was uh, was the quarterback there. At what, yeah. or he was on the team in 2005, 2006 when you were there. Any memories of, uh, of Fitz at all? Oh, absolutely. Um, I don't think I ever called him Fitzpatrick. Um, you know, uh, people have to realize that he's a Harvard graduate, and I called him Harvard Yard um, <laughs> to this day. I mean, he's locked in my phone under Harvard Yard. And uh very bright kid. Uh, you can tell that uh, he had some skill to play the position. Um, you know, uh, he always helped me with my crossword puzzles in the morning. And a uh, fierce competitor. I mean, I don't see any change as far as his uh competitiveness uh you know you know just leading the dolphins right now so um just a guy who who i knew would have a very long uh productive career and uh, i'm excited about what he's doing here and uh you know good guy and i like the way he's playing yeah eight different football teams throughout his career uh incredible there over the last 15 years and before we get into the game here isaac just to uh plug a few things for you here. You started the Isaac Bruce Foundation there in 2006. You also host the Ramblings podcast on the Believe Sports Network. Um, tell us a little bit more about uh, about what you've been doing here. Yeah, the foundation is, uh, is a lot what we do uh, uh, doing down and off times. Um, I, I enjoy it. Still based out of St. Louis, uh, you know, making a positive impact in that city. And uh, we're, we're starting to create a lot of branches from that foundation to other cities, Los Angeles being one, uh, Fort Lauderdale being another, and Memphis, where I went to school. So very pleased with the uh, progress of, uh, of the foundation as a whole. And I also host a, a co-host the show, a podcast, Ramblings, with my college mate, uh, Marcus Doc Holiday. We've been doing that all season long. It's strictly all about the Rams and what we do, uh, analyzing uh, previous games and uh, given our updates on 
games in the future, which we'll be doing versus here the, the Miami Dolphins here this coming Friday. Awesome. And so we, we've got to ask, uh, you, you were born in Fort Lauderdale. Did you grow up a Dolphins fan? Uh, that's an understatement. Um, I, I'd say uh, I didn't stop being a Dolphin fan until uh, April 1994, the day I was drafted by the Los Angeles Rams. Um, I grew up uh, being a Dolphin fan from the Killer Bees to uh, Dan Marino taking his first snap. I remember the day when Coach Shula pulled uh, David Woodley, and, and here comes Dan Marino, fresh out of Pittsburgh, uh, Don Strzok being a backup. Uh, the, the receivers were, were, were guys that I looked up to, Mark Duper, Mark Clayton, Nat Moore, Duriel Harris, uh, just, just all of the uh, statement games in my area, in my era from uh, my birth till about being 21 uh, was, was being a Miami Dolphin fan. I, I cried with him uh, when Don McNeil didn't bring John Riggins down uh, on that sideline, had tears in my eyes that night. And uh, when the when the 49ers blew it out. So I've been a Dolphin fan for a very long time, you know, until I got drafted. And, uh, you know, I was I was one of those guys that I was forced to switch. It makes a lot of sense. Uh, drafted a 33rd overall first pick, not first pick of the second round, but 33rd overall out of the University of Memphis. You go on to have a great career there with the Rams. I'm actually I'm actually in St. Louis. Uh, I'm doing the show yeah. from St. Louis. Yeah. I'm born and raised there. Uh, and we, we certainly miss you here. Uh, and well, actually, we, we miss seeing you play. You're very active in the community uh, still here in St. Louis, as well as in Fort Lauderdale. And it's great to see you reaching out there to, to other, other cities, too. So great guy on the field as well as off the field. Um, it, looking at this game here, Isaac, um, you know, the Rams come to L.A., there in, in 2017, they go 11 and five, 2018, they go 13 and three, go to the Super Bowl, take a little bit of a step back in 2019 at nine and seven and miss the playoffs here in 2020, they start off five and two. I'd argue they probably should be six and one. Uh, they didn't have a pass interference call against the bills. Um, What's uh what's the feeling there uh, with the Rams and and how they're looking in 2020? Does does it have more of that Super Bowl feel? I think it's more of number number one uh, being uh, heavily relevant in our own division. I think we play in the toughest division in football there is this this season. The last two uh, NFC conference uh, Super Bowl rep- representatives have come from that comp- that division. So. Um, I think the division within itself is is really tough. And, you know, I think our first goal was to be relevant in the division. I think we're doing that. Uh, we're uh, have, have gone back to what made us uh, playoff teams in the past. Uh, and I'm talking about once uh, Sean McVay took over. Uh, just being a, a run first team. Uh, we're running the ball, uh, running at a good speed right now. Uh, last game, we uh, accumulated uh, 161 total rushing yards, and we do everything based off that running attack. I mean, we do our outside zones, uh, the both sides of the field, and then we come back with the boot game and have the athletes on the perimeter that can really take the top off the defense. But it all starts with that running game, and uh, it's keeping a lot of us safe and making sure these guys are in place 
uh, to make the plays that we know they can make. Now, at the running back spot, one name that, that Dolphins fans had an eye on heading into the draft was Cam Akers out of Florida State. I know he didn't touch the ball last week, but didn't really seem to matter because it, it seems like Daryl Henderson and Malcolm Brown are, are taking the lion's share of those carries. They have almost 700 combined rushing yards on the year. Do you still see Daryl Henderson moving forward, continuing to be the lead back throughout the year? Well, it, it's been, it was, uh, you know, coming into training camp, it, I, I was thinking it would be running back by committee uh, to at least start the season. But, but then, you know, I wasn't surprised where one guy starts to separate himself from the, from the group. Um, you know, I think that is Daryl Henderson. Uh, he's a Memphis Tiger as well. Um, he's been running uh, behind his pads. Uh, he finishes runs. Um, I think he's uh, in a position where, you know, uh, the, the you know last year he learned from Todd Gurley and probably gleaned everything he could from Todd, and then be able to have an opportunity to take the mantle from Todd and be uh, that featured back. I think he's done enough thus far to be the guy, um, but. In that in that room itself, you you know you mentioned Cam Akers. He's drafted very high, and anytime you draft a guy that high, you know you're expecting uh, that guy to be uh, really relevant or at least fighting for the starting position. Um, you know, there's a lot that goes with actually getting on the field, as you probably know uh, from a from a running back standpoint. And, you know, it's a, it's it's a lot more than just running the ball. Uh, it has to do with pass pro, being able to protect the quarterback. Uh, being able to identify defenses and fronts from things of that nature. So some people come on a little slow. I mean, my personal experience, I really didn't, my eyes didn't pop over, open into the eighth week of my rookie season. So maybe that's where Cam is and we're at a point where we really can't see all of his talents until he knows exactly what's happening on the football field. And following up that rookie year, I believe you had, 117 catches in, in 1995, your first year here in St. Louis. Uh, with I think Chris Miller was the quarterback that year. I'm trying to uh, correct, correct. Yeah. Chris Miller, Mark Rippon, Chris Chandler, the whole the whole gamut of guys. Very cool, very cool. And staying with the Rams' offense, um, you know, Jared Goff had that incredible season in, in 2018. Um, where, where the Rams went to the Super Bowl last year, not as good of a season, 22 touchdowns, 16 interceptions, threw for a lot of yards still. Uh, and it looks like he's, he's reverting back to that Super Bowl form here in 2020. What changes have you seen out of him uh, in, in this 2020 season? Well, personally, I think it, uh, you know, when I take a look at it, I, I, yeah, I believe it's from uh, just being able to communicate with Coach McVay. Uh, what he likes to do, what he's more comfortable at, um, you know, which plays, which uh, passing concepts he feels more, most comfortable. I think, you know, just having those discussions in the off season, uh, you know, between those two, it, it's obviously helping his game. And what you want a quarterback to be is comfortable. If he's comfortable within the entire scheme of the offense, you know, the guy can be fruitful. He can go out and just play without thinking uh, and only reacting to plays. So, Thus far this season, I think that, uh, you know, with uh, being heavily uh, uh, behind a running game, an offensive line that wants to run the ball is, and is running the ball effectively, I think it's uh, affecting uh, the things that Jared Goff does best, which is getting that extra safety down 
and being able to throw the ball over the top of the defense uh, with the safety in the middle of the field as opposed to, uh, you know, cover two. So I think that benefits what he does, and, and we're seeing that happen. Hopefully it gets better. I mean, we, we always want to be and always want to have players and, and, and a team that's ascending at the right time, uh, individually and collectively. Isaac Bruce joining us here on the On the Fin Side podcast and staying with those weapons as well, uh, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, not the biggest guys, not the fastest guys, but certainly one of the most productive tandems in the NFL. Both have 450 receiving and rushing yards combined on the year each. So one thing I, I can't help but notice, Isaac, when I look at the wide receivers is that in Sean McVay's offense here, wide receivers tend to be in motion and get more handoffs than just about any other wide receiver tandem in the league. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, just this past Monday night, uh, the motioning and all of the eye candy that we show defenses, um, you know what, it, it'll, it'll stall or, get, or make a defense hesitate. I mean, Monday night we went against uh, one of the better units that the NFL has to offer as far as defensively is concerned and with one of the better players, uh, Khalil Mack. Uh, we, I think we were able to neutralize what they wanted to do and at the same time neutralize the pass rush of, of Khalil Mack. I mean, he did get a sack. I, I believe he got two sacks uh, and a calls fumble. But at the same time, you know, when you just watch his play and watch their play, uh, they really weren't on their toes. They were pretty much on their heels trying to stop and figure out what was happening uh, with the Rams. I think Coach McVay did a, a great job calling plays Monday night from those from those motionings uh, the sprint motion, the speed motion, and giving these, giving the ball to these wide receivers who can, you know, at times turn into running backs. And uh, you miss one tackle on these guys, man. They can take it the distance. So I think that's the beauty of all the talent that the Rams have accumulated on offense to this uh, to this point. And uh, it, it, it puts defenses on the heels. And on the offensive line here, uh, Andrew Whitworth is – going into his uh, his 15th season, I believe, maybe 16th, uh, as the Rams left tackle. Uh, not a lot of ho- household names on the rest of the unit. You've got Rob Havenstein, uh, David Edwards, a few other players in there too. Uh, what can you say about the Rams' offensive line? Well, I mean, anytime you see an, a successful team, uh, and, and like I mentioned earlier, being able to play in the toughest division in in pro football right now, that NFC West, uh, you're going to need an offensive line that can not only run block, but can pass block at the same time. So when you're playing behind a line like that, that provides you uh, a four or five yards of pop uh, from the running, from the running standpoint, uh, it's going to bode everybody. It's going to, it's going to help everyone. It helps the quarterback. It helps the running backs. They get the running back started. I mean, give him four yards. And then after that, he's all on his own. So, um, it helps the defense from from a from a rest standpoint. It puts uh, uh, it helps our punting game. So our punting game was big Monday night with with Johnny Hecker. Uh, it just just helps everything special teams. So when you're able to run the football as effectively as we are, I mean it's going to benefit a lot of people. And offensive linemen love running the football. And Daryl Henderson's having a heck of a year uh, at at Memphis. He averaged 8.2 yards a carry throughout his career. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now I think now he's at 4.9. So uh, for for any Homer Dolphins fans, uh, uh, Daryl Henderson's declining rapidly here. No, I'm just kidding. He's <laughs> he's having a heck of a year there for the Rams. Um, 
yeah, and and that's going to be a big matchup with the Dolphins' defensive line uh, with Shaq, Law, Shaq Lawson and Emmanuel Ogba at the defensive end spots going up against Rob Havenstein and Andrew Whitworth. Uh, we'll, we'll see if the Dolphins can create that pressure there on Jared Goff. Now, Isaac, on the defensive side of the ball, obviously you've got to talk about Aaron Donald first. Eight sacks on the year so far. He won the defensive player of the year as you know, in 2017 and 2018. Uh, do you see him winning his third defensive MVP here in 2020? Well, I'm, I'm really surprised we've gone this far in the podcast and, and just now mentioning Aaron Donald, the best football player in football right now. Um, you know, he's been defensive player of the year uh, already twice. I think uh, 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 another ladder is in front of him right now. I think he's playing at a MVP level. Uh, it's hard to give that that award to a defensive player, let alone a defensive lineman. But I think he is right there playing above and beyond just about every other person and position in this league right now. I mean, we're talking about a guy who, who's double teamed more than he singled. And, uh, you know, with the production level of eight sacks already. I mean, that's, that's, that's very impressive. So um, if we're filling out MVP votes, uh, if, if we're already close to half of the season right now, he should be number one on everybody's ballot. And he does tremendously well for uh, that, that defense that we have, man. I mean, he, 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 the, the opportunities that he gives and grants other players, uh, the one-on-ones that he gives to other linemen. Uh, you, you saw it Monday night, and I don't want to give scheme away, but, you know, the line is always uh, sliding to where Aaron Donald is and puts the backside, backside guy one-on-one. Uh, with a with an offensive lineman, so he can really manipulate an offense with him just being on the field and his ability to penetrate and uh and make tackles for loss. So the, the follow up question to that, and I'm pretty sure I know what your answer is going to be. If you're the Dolphins' interior offensive line, how do you stop Aaron Donald? Well, I heard uh, the Buffalo Bills mention, you know, hijack the bus before he got to Rich Stadium. But um, <laughs> I, I don't think I don't see that being successful. Um, you know, uh, honestly, uh, you know, as a former professional football player, uh, you know, we all had our baptismal moments in the in the NFL. I had mine. Other guys had theirs. And uh, I think it's, it, it'll be no different for uh, young Tua when he gets on the field this Sunday. So he'll probably have that moment. And number 99 will definitely have something to do with it. But um, I, I just foresee the Dolphins, uh, a lot of combo blocks on him, double, double team him in, in the run game, in the passing game. And, uh, you know, honestly, that should bode well for the other guys that, that are one-on-one. And speaking of those other players on the front seven, I mean, uh, obviously Robert Quinn's not there anymore. There have been a few names that have defected over the last couple of years. They did get Leonard Floyd in the offseason. Um, he's got four sacks on the year. Michael Brockers was a first-round pick back in 2012. Um, who else should maybe Dolphins fans look out for on the Rams' front seven other than Aaron Donald? Well, we we have a, a very young uh, linebacking core, so uh, we we got the, the the third round, excuse me, the fifth round pick out of Alabama. He's just making his debut. Uh, these guys are so young that I haven't memorized their names yet. So, but these guys, are, yeah. yeah, they have the ability to come in and make plays, just like you saw Monday night. And it all starts with what we have up front four. 
Uh, and from that standpoint, you know, these guys are in a position to kind of make a name for themselves and uh, no, no perfect opportunity than this upcoming game versus the Miami Dolphins to do that. And uh, I think, I think, you know, just, um, just following the lead of the defense coordinator and the guys up front, uh, they should make some hay this Sunday. And finally, looking at, at the back of their defense in the secondary, they gave up a, a lot of draft picks last year for Jalen Ramsey, paid mm-hmm. him a lot of money. Uh, one of the elite players in the game here. Um, how has, what has his presence since the middle of last year done for the Rams secondary? Well, when you when you get names like Aaron Donald, when you get names like Jalen Ramsey, you're talking about two players that are probably in the top three uh, at their position. So, um, you know, they have the ability to uh, make the defensive coordinator a lot more confident, I'll say. Uh, we saw it Monday night. Uh, one play in particular, the, the Bears are backed up. And, you know, you have Aaron Donald. He's, he's uh, on the left side of our, our defense. and you know, he, uh, uh, Jalen Ramsey is one on one with the receiver on the backside, so that that leaves Leonard Floyd uh, uh, unblocked, and he's beaten and he's coming in on 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 foes, and that's going to cause for a quick throw. So when you have a guy that can play on an island like the way Jalen Ramsey does, and he's confident, um, it, it bodes well for just about that entire defense. So he's changed it from that standpoint. He's able to help the defense coordinator. Uh, be more exotic in his approach, uh, a bit more attacking from a defensive standpoint. And when guys like that can come out and play and with the confidence that they play with, man, they're going to make plays happen instead of just reacting to stuff. And it'll be interesting to see how often Jalen Ramsey is lined up on Devontae Parker, the Dolphins' number one receiver, or if they move him around a bit to, to, to cover other players uh, there in Miami's receiving core. So Isaac, uh, I know we're running up on time here. Um, what is your score prediction here for this game uh, between the Rams? And the Dolphins? Well, you know, personally, I've been petitioning the NFL about these uh, West Coast to East Coast trips and 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 one o'clock kickoffs, man. For you know, just for a, a fan that I am now, I just kind of deem that being unfair. But uh, I, I think the 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 Rams will start. You know they'll get kick started about the second quarter. Uh, I think it'll be closer than a lot of people expect. Um, I see about twenty four twenty one uh, Rams. Well, uh, for your sake, I hope that you see a good football game here as a both a Dolphins and a Rams fan. Uh, I'm, I'm sure this is a different type of game for you to watch, and we we appreciate you taking some time with us here on the Fin side to uh, to break down this Dolphins-Rams matchup. And for all of our listeners, too, be sure to go over to the Believe Radio Network and check out his podcast called Ramblings. Also go to the Isaac Bruce Foundation. He started it in 2006 as well. And Isaac, if we can be helpful in any sort of way for for your foundation, you, you definitely know where to find us, all right? Appreciate it, Brian. All right, and that's going to do it for our breakdown of the Rams-Dolphins matchup here with Isaac Bruce. I'm Brian Kett, NFL on Twitter. You can follow our podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the fin side. So, indeed, take us home. 
It ain't the left side or the right side. Then it must be the fin side. It ain't the left side or the right side. Then it must be the fin side. Listen, Dolphins fans across the land all tuning in to see what Brian Cat and Paul about to do. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.